0: go
1: welcome back my friends to the podcast that never ends we're so glad you could attend come inside come inside you know who i am let's just go let's do it all right this week uh flick of the week is (coughs) the meyer rowitz stories a uh an an adam sandler uh netflix original film (laughs) so uh yeah all right and super troopers and yeah oh oh, okay yeah we're gonna get them both a do a do a Back to back. All right. So after separating from his wife, unemployed Danny Meyer Rowitz, goddamn, uh, played by Adam Sandler, he moves in with his father Harold, who's played by Dustin Hoffman. Um, he's a retired Bard College art professor and sculptor. And his third wife, uh, Maureen, who's played by Emma Thompson, is a pleasant, if foggy, alcoholic. Danny has a younger sister, Jean, played by Elizabeth Marvel, and they have a younger half brother, Matthew, played by Ben Stiller. Danny is close to his daughter, Eliza who's played by Grace Van Patten, who uh, starting college at Bard as a film student. Eliza shows one of her sexually obsessed films to her family, who try hard not to show that they are taken aback and instead complement its, ener- its energy and production values. Some of Harold's work has been selected as part of a faculty group show at Bard, but Harold refuses to be part of the group now. Danny and Harold attend the MOMA retrospective... MOMA, Museum yeah. of Modern Art. Yeah, uh, retrospective of a friend and contemporary of Harold's... The more successful L.J. Shapiro, played by Jet Hirsch, and they're they uh, they're neither father nor uh, son feels comfortable. Where they yeah, they they're just not. They don't feel it. They feel out of place at this uh, at this showing. Uh, Harold is stung by uh, signs that the art world has forgotten him and chooses to literally run away down the street. Danny meets Shapiro's daughter, his childhood friend Loretta, played by Rebecca Miller, but he must leave to chase after uh, Harold. You know because he's um, so. This is, yeah, this, 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 is a, this is a very odd family dynamic. You can tell that um, Adam Sandler's character loves his father very much, and, but, and he's, he's um, he, I think you can tell that he wants to, he's still seeking his father's approval after all these years, because his father's kind of, he's in a way, he's self-obsessed. Like, he doesn't fully acknowledge what's going on with his kids. It's always, it always ends up, no matter what he talks about, it always comes back to him about himself and, and you know, what he wants out of life and things like that. And uh so i I think it, it gives the vibe that he was a a, a distant father you know for for uh, for uh, Adam Sandler's character growing up, things like that you know so but it's funny it's done in this you know not like a straight up slapstick kind of way, but just a you know funny different kind of a way of life kind of thing. so um, Harold's younger son, Matthew, a successful financial advisor to rock stars on the other side of the the continent in l a. He's in New York on business and he meets Harold for lunch with an accountant friend. You know, uh, Ben Stiller is the, is the son. They try to counsel uh, Harold to sell his uh, Manhattan home and the sculpture stole, um, stored there, since Harold and Marine can barely pay for the townhouse's utilities. Harold tells them that whether to um, sell the house will be private, uh, be to a private family decision, and he stocks out. At a third restaurant, he criticizes the prices but orders lavishly once Matthew says uh, that he'll pay. Uh, Sunia decides he has been insulted and, um, and, <laughs> and robbed as well, and the rapidly regressing Matthew is in, um, inveigled into another Inveiled. scene. Is that how you pronounce that? I'm glad you told me. Inveiled into another scene involving running, chasing, and embarrassment. The two bond slightly in, in self-righteous uh, indignation. That evening, they pay a visit to Matthew's mother, Harold's second wife, Julia, played by Candace Bergen, who has since married a man named Cody, a wealthy Philistine. Uh, Julia tells Harold and Matthew that she is sorry she was not a better mother to Harold's three children. Her directness makes them very uncomfortable and they can't leave fast enough. Matthew resents Harold for his preference for a life of art over money. I beat you, he screams as his father's, uh, at his father's departing Volvo. Yeah, um, that one, yeah, Ben Stiller's character is very, like, you think that Adam Sandler just, you know, you could tell that Adam Sandler's character is just kind of tired of dealing with his dad. Um, but... Uh, ben Stiller is like he ran away all the way to L.A. to get away from his dad because he was constantly trying to seek his approval more than anybody else. And every time he lets his father back into his life, um, you know, his father ends up disappointing him again, you know. And, but he still he's always tries again and he gets disappointed constantly. All right. So um, Harold is uh, diagnosed with chronic subdural hematoma, um, which uh, is kind of like a uh, is it like it's a traumatic brain injury? Yeah. Kind of like a almost like a stroke in a way. Right. Uh, he, enters, uh, he enters the hospital where, as the days pass, his children learn to manage and care for um, manages care for themselves after first um, leaning on Harold's doctor and nurse to take that responsibility. Outside the hospital, um, Jean tells her brothers that the family friend who happens to be visiting Harold at the moment sexually harassed her when she was a child. Matthew and Danny let her walk away from them, then attack the friend's car <laughs> with mounting exhilaration at Bard. Uh, to represent their father at the faculty group show, Matthew and Danny get into a fight of sorts on the quad. Later, bloody and crying, each makes uh, drug-addled remarks in uh, Harold's place, mostly about themselves. As Harold uh, convalesces at Marine's place in the country, um, it dawns on Matthew and Harold that, the, uh, that Harold's favorite sculpture, Matthew, a lifelong uh, object of resentment for Danny and Jean, was probably based on his feelings for the child Danny. Danny, who up to now has been soli- soli- solicitous toward his father, refuses to care for him while Maureen is away and accepts his brother's offer of a trip to California. On the way to the plane, he meets Loretta, now single, <coughs> and she suggests that they go together to the screening of a film Eliza has made in the basement of the, the Whitney Eliza uh, or in the base of the Whitney. Uh, Eliza uncovers a sculpture lent by her grandfather, long believed to have been lost. Um,
0: this whole thing that was written is
1: just—it is, ugh. yeah. The, the movie is way better than that description. Um, this is one of those movies that um, you wish Adam Sandler would do more of. Like when you've seen him in Rain on Me and Punch Drunk Love, when he's not trying to be funny, he's just actually being an actor. He's really fucking good. Um, and so this is one of the, the you know the what was it, the four four plus films that he signed on for Netflix that actually pays off. This is a good one. This is worth seeing. Um, well acted performances all around um the acting i the um the writing's really good and uh you know you um everyone conveys what they feel you know and and uh yeah it's worth seeing and you know it's on netflix so you can check it out any goddamn time you want you know it's got a it's got a good rev- uh, rating on rotten tomatoes and uh and yeah i i'm i'm glad i watched it i put it off for a long time cuz you know you know how we both feel about it and i'm now
0: why do we continue to give rotten tomatoes any any justification. I'm
1: just giving a, a consensus that a lot of critics liked it. So, uh, I mean, hey, look, if a lot of critics are liking an Adam Sandler movie, that's got to say something because they usually fucking hate it.
0: Yeah, but
1: I... So, um, look, you don't have to give a Rotten Tomatoes rating on your review, I'll, I'll, but I'll do it on mine. So. I,
0: I just, I'm not going to give Rotten Tomatoes any justification whatsoever on this show. It's its an aggregate, and mm-hmm. I refuse to I refuse to use it because it's owned by... A conglomerate I'd rather just you know Richard Roper or T- Pete de Bruges of variety or whoever um, I just that's just me no. though.
1: just a, it, it's just a reference tool I, I you know that's as I said I don't, it doesn't have to be taken too seriously um, but yeah this um, this one showed that Adam Sandler still can do can do acting and um, he also did a, um, a stand-up special uh, recently too and guess what that stand-up sh- special shows that he's still fucking funny when he actually puts effort into it you know which is actually in a way it makes it even more disappointing when he comes out with all the turds that he keeps laying for the last decade plus
0: yeah and that's and i still refuse to see an adam sandler movie after after <laughs> i watched the ridiculous 6 and i said i was done <laughs> yeah. i literally like i saw um what was the other one that he played uh he he played a um an agent and i can't remember the name of it oh name.
1: yeah 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 um oh god um i i know the name cuz i did a review for i did a um I did a flick of the week for it. Right. Um,
0: and he's really good in that, too. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm like, I want to watch it, but you know what?
1: I'm sticking by my guns. He's good in it, but the movie's nothing special. Right. You know? Well, I thought it was a series, but whatever. No, it was a, you yeah, know, it was, I just can't remember the name, but it's the name of the, the character he plays. He's like this, you know, Jewish, old Jewish hmm. um, uh, agent. So. He's a Mitch. Yeah. The Mitch. He's like, yeah. Barry, Barry, or, I, I don't remember. Anyway. Y- anyone gives a fuck, they can look it up. Ben Stiller movie on Netflix where he's an agent. Right. All right, so um, a right, little quick trivia on it. Uh, at the 2017 Cannes uh, Film Festival, Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller stated in a press conference that playing brothers in the movie was one of the best experiences they've ever had in their careers, as it allowed them to grow closer as friends than they ever have in the past. This film in Oakja*, <laughs> generated some controversy after being selected for the competition lineup of the 2017 Cannes Film Festival, due to the fact that, um, as Netflix productions, they wouldn't receive a theatrical release in France after the festival. Netflix did try to make a deal with French distributors and cinema chains for a limited release prior to the streaming premiere, but this was hindered by very strict French laws, which prevent any film that released in cinemas from being available on a streaming service prior to 36 months after the original theatrical release date. So that means pretty much if you show it at this festival, you have to wait Fucking it, a year and a half, or 36 months. Holy shit. Yeah, you have to wait 36 months until you can release it after that, which is bullshit. Okay. Um, so, uh, all right, although both films were uh, retained in the competition lineup, the festival did respond to the controversy by amending its rules, specifying that starting with the 2018 edition, all filmmakers and producers submitting their work for consideration for the competition must be committed to obtaining regu- regular theatrical distribution in France. All right, and then lastly, Adam Sandler stated in an interview that he enjoyed working on the film so much that he would do another film with writer and director Noah Baumbach as soon as he offered it to him. He was quoted as saying, "If Noah has an idea, I'm in." So that's it. There was no major trivia on this film at all. Um, but yeah, like I said, the Rowitz stories is a, is a good, good family drama. Um, it's interesting because the characters are different than you know some of the stereotypical ones you see all the time. So it, it's good to see. So
0: all right. I'm 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 reading over the plot stuff for uh, Super Troopers while you're doing the trivia. I yeah. was <laughs> just like, "Holy shit! Who wrote this?" <laughs> Mustache um,
2: died. I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I need to get something off my chest before we do this. So, people that listen to this trivia to this trivia show, people that listen to our our podcast, understand that I am the way I am with Joe because if we agreed on everything. If we, i would
1: be patting ourselves on the back. Oh one. my
0: god, yeah, it, and I don't want our show to be that way. <laughs> and and yeah, you know, um, so when when you hear me talking with Joe, and and I am disagreeing with him about some of the stuff, it most of the times I really don't care. Like if you if you encounter us outside when we're doing when when we're just bullshitting, yeah, bullshitting or mm-hmm. whatever. <coughs> Joe and I aren't like this, you know. And I'm not always picking on him and, and and whatever else. I I mean, I do pick on him, but it's it's all in 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 fun and just. But it's not like it is, and I, I got to kind of fix doing some of that here on the podcast, so it's not as much. But my point being is, I'm playing a role, and that role is to not always agree with Joe and to kind of be. Devil's Advocate. Yeah, the Devil's Advocate asshole. <coughs> that being said. Devil's Advocate. Yes, Devil's Asshole. <laughs> um, without Joe, I don't have a show. He is... Without n- Mike,
1: there's nothing to like. Yes, but without <laughs> Joe,
0: there is no fucking movie review. There is no nothing. That's why I asked him to do this, uh, because because of his uh, ability to uh, uh, recall... And his and 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 his knowledge of movies, which is much greater than mine, um, although my recall is better for some reason.
1: You have a better photographic type memory when it comes to a film we just saw. You're really good at recalling scenes and shit like that. I I got this weird thing. I, I you know I, I get better with multiple viewings than anything else. Like if I've seen a movie multiple times, I could recite lines and shit from it. Yeah. You know?
0: And it's mostly why I don't go see movies multiple times because mm-hmm. once I've seen it, it's just like okay. Especially nowadays. (laughs) Nowadays, most movies you don't want to see more than once. Yeah. And, you know, Aquaman. (laughs) And speaking of movies that we've seen multiple times, the next review that we're doing right here, which is Super Troopers, there's reasons why we love seeing movies. And that is for the experience in and of itself. Yeah. It's
1: like a look, in a way, it's like a, a, a look at a different way of life, in a way right you know like you you'll never get to experience even though it's it's fake even though it's a stage it's a play it's still something different yeah it's,
0: but it, it's not even a different view of life it's just a movie it's yeah. it is what it is um but we get to <coughs> we get to a, it's an escape
1: yeah you oh, know
0: yeah. uh a, as it is um i just i i needed to get that clear that oh and, and share the fucking show you like the show and 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 it's something that that you think other people sh- would like to listen to, because we're doing other things. We're going to start doing the Joe and Mike show. Um, we're gonna, we're kind of slamming compelled into that. There won't be, um, so there won't be a compelled show anymore. There will be the Joe and Mike show, which will be uh, more of a radio shenanigan. What are you, show. What are you saying? You
1: don't want to talk about the ugliness of the real getting world? Getting tired of compelled. <laughs> um,
0: I'm getting tired of compelled because it's making no difference. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be making a hit, but if we do a show that talks about that brings it all up at the same time, yeah, you know, we get people talking about it. And whatever else, that's mm, fine. A but compelled but, segment, yeah. It's just not, it's not fun anymore. You know, it doesn't seem to be doing what I wanted it to do. Yeah, which, that's fine. It is what it is. You know, you may you, you you throw something out there and see what happens. Yeah, you know, and in some cases people talk about it. In some cases people didn't. So. Whatever people still listen to whatever, but we're still going to be doing compelled. It's just going to be in with another yeah, show. We we're don't need be doing, to do
1: forty five minutes of witch hunting.
0: Yes. We're going to be doing a Joe and Mike show. A show show. Not that has nothing to do with movie reviews. Although entertainment and movies will pop up into it. It's just going to be a shenanigans, you know, everything that's happened in the last week. So we'll do it once a week until we start getting if And that's the other thing is we want to make this a five-day awake thing. So we're going to start putting shows on on, on Patreon that are Patreon only. Mm. So um, we will let you guys know which shows will be on Patreon. But if you want, you can go to our Patreon site. You can go to our website. You can go. And when you're looking at or listening to uh, our SoundCloud or whoever else, wherever you find this, you'll see in the show notes our Patreon link. And just keep checking that because I haven't added anything yet, and I refuse to add archive stuff that you have to pay for, you know. Um, so I, I keep all of our archive stuff on SoundCloud uh, for the time being, and then um, and I had I had our archive stuff up on Patreon, but I deleted it all because uh, nobody was because there's no point in having it there right now. Yeah. No. Um, and asking for money. <laughs> 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 Here, listen to our free show while you're at it. Give us money. Um, one thing I wanted to add with the Patreon thing is that there will be a cap on what's going on with how much you pay, um, and that cap is going to include giving to charity. We will be giving to a specific charity uh, that's a part of, if you listen to Cocktails with Heather, um, Heather and another person have a charity going on that is for children. And we are going. Like I said, we're going to cap everything at X amount of dollars, so that uh, when you, if you pay X amount of dollars, let's say the cap is twenty dollars, ten dollars of that is going to go to this charity every month, or however we decide to do it. We could do by month, or we can do by show.
1: But disclaimer: <laughs> if we start making a million dollars a month off this thing, then we'll we'll take the fifty percent away and <laughs> no, we'll it down to a little bit less. No. <laughs> <laughs> because that
0: because it's a children's charity. Yeah. But the point b- the point being is that um uh, you know when when we decide to do that we will be giving you know like like I said if the cap is $20 for a subscription or whatever yeah. we will be giving 10 of that 10 of those dollars to charity. We we're not a charity. We will be giving 10 of those dollars to to the charity. And everything's on the up and up. It's it's a splinter group from another charity, the 2030 club. Um, it's but it's a better, it's a better deal, it's a better charity uh, than than what the 2030 Club can offer. So, anyways, uh, that being said, keep checking for keep checking um, Patreon. Share our show for us, please, and uh, let us know if there's any movies you want us to uh, review. Mm-hmm. Let us know. You can go to our Facebook page and just say, hey, you guys, hey, you dicks, why don't you re- fucking Review Aquaman. Hey, while we're motherfucker, review
1: Aquaman. talk about this shit, man.
0: Yeah. You know, why don't you review this? Why don't you review that? Why don't you stop reading from fucking Wikipedia, you dicks? <laughs> you know, what, whatever. You know, it's feedback is important, yeah. and we need that. So <coughs> from here on out, you're going to be pretty much hearing the same message every week, which is feedback, share, show. Patreon, Patreon feedback share show. I that's
1: what I wanted to hear from I tell when I tell people the show, I say, look, please let us know if there's if you don't like it. I, I'm not gonna get defensive and say, fuck you. I, I actually want to know if we suck. If we suck, please tell me we Except suck. Except
0: for that one guy that left us the whatever on on uh you know a couple of average winers or whatever he called us.
1: Yeah, I was uh <laughs> I <laughs> <you> know, he <coughs> didn't no, hey, it's he, his opinion. He didn't get it. Yeah. You know, some people just don't get it. And that you know whatever whatever. I, I can't you know, why waste your time trying to make everyone see things the way that you see them, right? Yeah, so.
0: exactly. So um we we may bitch and moan, but it's all it's all
1: in jest. Yeah, we we're pretty much eighties kids, you know, back in my day.
0: Yeah. Oh my
2: god, because this is awful. Get off your phones. The the the, the grass was greener and the booze were real.
0: <laughs> Not much, but
2: back in my day, <laughs> Star eighty was a porno. Back in my day, Michael Jackson was black. Back in my day
0: (laughs) I'm not going to say what I was going to say
2: Pepsi had real sugar in it (laughs) Back in my day The Transformers were a good show (laughs) Michael Bay didn't exist Michael Bay was just a shitty film student Back in my day, Captain America and Fantastic Four were just awful TV shows. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Movies of the week. Yeah. On a motorcycle, nonetheless. Yep.
1: <laughs> Remember the Spider-Man one? Yeah, I loved, Spider-Man. I loved Spider-Man. The Spider-Man movie though from the seventies, <laughs> the TV movie.
2: Loved it. Yeah. Uh... Back in my day, <laughs> spider his spider web strands looked like silly string. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> back in back in my day, Kardashian was someone with talent. <laughs> was a lawyer.
1: Yeah, I'm a lawyer. He was a good lawyer. <coughs> there was a rumor. Of, uh, I, I was listening to. Some, I think it was Joe Rogan listening. Uh, he said something about uh, that. There was a rumor that OJ fucked um, um, uh, Chris, Chris Chris Jenner. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and that. Chloe, or one of the kids, is uh, is uh, is the son OJ's. of OJ. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they crave so much black cock. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In the fictional town of Spurberry, Vermont, yeah. five Vermont state troopers patrol a 50-mile section of the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read this, and then you're just going to laugh, so don't worry about it. While troopers Arcot Ramathorn and rookie Robert Rabbit Roto are tormenting a group of men for smoking marijuana... <gasps> They encounter a crazed attacker who is revealed to be their coworker McIntyre Womack, played by Steve Lemmy, uh, playing a prank on them. But it, the whole opening sequence is fucking hilarious because they're doing the repeater, yeah, and that and and <laughs> what what's going on is that later on in 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 the movie when they start talking about doing the repeater to the Galifanacus guy or Galicanocus guy, the truck driver, yeah. They start doing the repeater, but they're doing it wrong, so this is Ramathorn's version of the repeater. Uh, by the way, I understand that uh, the directing duties were chosen by a flip of the coin huh. on this movie. You are freaking out. Man. Man. So, yeah, they, they pull over these three kids that are smoking marijuana, and oh. one of them has to eat all the marijuana. He takes a bunch of mushrooms. He's fucking high out of his balls, yep. right? And,
1: and the dude's like, you need to pay me back for those. Like, fuck you! You told me to swallow them. <laughs> yeah, you Sometimes piece of need shit.
0: Like, like hundred dollars. Like what, dude? That's not cool. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, uh, Mac decides that he's uh, he's going to take uh, the Miata that he just fucking impounded for for a test drive. Yeah, you know, and uh, mother of God, yeah, <laughs> 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 and <laughs> and of course. You know, uh, Ram, Ramothorn and uh, Rabbit going a chase with him, right? Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the next guy up is Paul Soder, who is fishing, right? So he has this dummy in his car, and he's, and as he's getting getting out, and the, the fucking radio comes on, and he's trying to get the dummy fi- situated in, into the passenger seat. <laughs> fucking Lemmy comes by and hits the dummy, right? Yep. And knocks the head off, like, hey, <laughs> you know?
2: You boys ever been to Mexico?
1: That scene with the three high dudes at the beginning—I've watched that scene <laughs> sober, and I've watched it stoned. And when you're stoned, it 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 it, it keep it, for me. It kept fluctuating back and forth between taking it seriously, like "Oh my god, they were," you know, like I, I feel why these guys are so scared, right? Right. Then, it, the, but then, it, and then it also would change to just being goddamn hilarious. The way they keep the cops keep fucking with them. right it's it. it you got to you get if, if you are someone that smokes weed, you got to watch Super Troopers and watch this fucking stone at least once in your life. Absolutely. <laughs> um, anyways, they they end up going to
0: a bar where uh, Mac uh, takes off his wig, and they're like, "Oh, you got us, Super right, bitch. You know, you know, ten, ten laps around the fucking around the bar, Rook, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, type of thing. And and that scene sets sets the pace for this entire movie because this is basically. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is basically like a perfect comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's very little about this movie that that sucks. Mm-hmm. There's very little about this movie that's boring. It it's it's it seems to be perfectly edited and perfectly timed and in the vein of those 80s like porkies and stuff mm-hmm. like that without the the stupid <laughs> without the without st- some of the nonsense, you know. They're not high schoolers, but they're 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 acting like high schoolers, you know. Hey, we're fucking cops. Let's just fuck around, right? <coughs> <coughs> and then they have, you know, uh, Brian Cox who plays Captain Hagen, O'Hagan, um, and they and and then who is also just he's he's basically you know the band leader of I this Brian crazy Cox. fucking <laughs> group <laughs> <coughs> group of uh, knuckleheads. But on the other end of it, you have um, uh, uh, Daniel von Bargen. You know, rest in peace. <laughs> um, who plays Bruce Grady? Who is who? Seems to be he doesn't have like a a funny bone in his body. No, you know he's 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 a cop through and through. But you know we find out later on he's a dirty cop, and all the cops that are with him are also you know straight up. They they just they pretend to be like they're cool, but they're not. They're all a bunch of douchebags. You know. Um, let's see here. Uh, Back at the station, they are chastised for a lack of arrests by their boss, Captain John O'Hagan, who warns them that they risk being shut down. Like in the middle of that whole conversation, fucking Farvo puts a, the 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 bar of soap in there. Says, I got you, Rook. I fucking got you. Yeah. And then like, don't, don't be a dick. Eat the fucking soap. Yeah. Take a bite of it. And fucking Cox is like, oh god damn it, <laughs> you guys do your fucking job.
1: Yeah, farvo <laughs> always uh, tried a little too hard to get in with everybody. Yeah. Um. So while investigating
0: a Winnebago, they encounter a woman who died from a drug overdose with a tattoo of a monkey, Johnny Chimpo. Outside the trailer, the state troopers encounter their rivals, the local Spurberry police, who they compete with for arrest. Which is, this is all backwards. They actually arrive uh, after finding out that there's there's been a, a dead body found at this Winnebago. So they go in, they find out that there's a pig in there, and this lady's got a fucking chain around her neck, and there's a dog bowl, and, and there's a big fight you yeah. know and then they got to pick who's who i'll take the fat one for this one and you know i don't know if i want him back type of thing right yep um again it's it's from scene to scene to scene to scene it, the it, the pace goes forward there is no bog down of there there's no scenes where they feel that, like there's a like if you watch the goldbergs right the goldbergs have a formula and that formula is everything is cool up until like the third act and then, like whatever's going on, let's in 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 one case, you know, the mom feels guilty about doing something, and then the kids have to apologize to her because they're acting like dicks. And then it's that down moment in in the TV show right before the end of the show, right? Yeah. That's always the third act where it's that reconciliation, okay? In this movie, they don't do that, and that's what they do a lot in these in these comedies where uh, everything is going along fine, and then something bad happens, and then they everybody feels guilty, and they go their separate ways for like what seems like oh six months later, right? Yeah, you know, and then the, it's the reconciliation thing, and I'm really sorry. Maybe we should start. Maybe we could get back together, at least be friends or whatever. And then they start going back into you know being whatever. Yep, <laughs> that doesn't happen in this. This is just one of those movies where you know you, you, you know the outcome before it's going to happen, right? You know that these two cop places, <laughs> stations, the two the two cop stations are competing with each other, you know, to see who gets closed and who doesn't, right? Yeah and then you, and then from there, it's just a mad chase to the end, right. And that's what it's all about. While when Foster and Womack pull over a truck, this is the Galakanakis thing. Uh, they are locked inside after trying to do the repeater, right? And then they're as they're inside, it's like that's the third time I got herpes, or the fourth time, or whatever. He said like that. It's like, oh yeah, really? And then, uh, <laughs> and then they're still doing the repeater when Ramathorn opens the fucking door up. If you notice that, uh, you know, once you try to, you guys should pull your heads out of your ass before you, uh, before you do something stu- this stupid. And and then fucking. Uh, Lemmy, said, Lemmy starts to do the repeater thing, you know, and, 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 and that's when fucking uh, uh, Ramathorn decides to, you know, cut, you know, you need to stop the repeater shit, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> while we're doing this, because, and that's when they find all that fucking marijuana in the truck. <laughs> After Rabbit, Ramathorn and Rabbit rescue them, they find packages with stickers depicting the same monkey seen on the dead woman's tattoo, Johnny Chimpo, okay. Afghanistan animation. Uh, Foster begins a relationship with Spurberry PD officer Ursula Hansen uh, and discovers marijuana hidden in the impound Winnebago. Bearing the same monkey sticker, Farva is reinstated to the force and becomes Ramathorn's partner. While at a restaurant, Farva attacks a
1: cashier. <laughs> Goddamn Burger Punks.
0: For cutting a hole in his drink. want a liter of soda. <laughs> Does so, that, look
1: like, look, that look like spit to you?
0: Yeah. Fuck it. What's, what, Oh, that was uh, filmed in a Burger King, by the way. Was it? Yeah. Mm. Um,. What's funny is uh, my sister-in-law, every time she gets fucking, like, soda and stuff like that, she'll always say, like, I just got you a liter of soda, you know, a liter of this. And I'll be like, Leader, far- did, you, yeah, liter did you, you get him a liter of soda? Yeah. You're like, I got you a liter of fucking fruit punch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Give
1: me a liter it's far- not a liter of soda. A large Farva. That's yeah. what I always call it, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's what you say, large yeah. Farva. I always say large Farva, yeah. Um, liter of cola. Yeah. Farva is arrested by the Spurberry police where he receives a job offer. Uh, yeah, from uh, uh, Bruce Grady, who's played by Daniel von Bargen, who um, is now no longer with us. In exchange for information about the drug mm-hmm. investigation, they also what they hit him with uh, powdered sugar. That's what he had on him when they hit him with the bag. The delousing thing. Yeah, the de-lousing. That's powdered that's sugar. That's right,
1: because he tasted it too. Didn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of sugar in that movie. Like when they were drinking uh, the bottles of syrup. Yeah, and then uh, what damn. was the
0: other thing? Is every like every other scene. Was them hazing uh, Rabbit. Yeah. You know, like when he's got the fucking, when he's in the, in the, uh, uh, in the locker and they're fucking just covering him with (laughs) shaving cream. Yeah. You know, and he steps out of the locker, he looks awkward. He's like, I'm going to go wash off now. And they snap the towel out of him. He's like, (laughs) woohoo. We're drinking the fucking maple syrup. And they did. They really, they literally drank that maple syrup. I
1: think that since I've uh, detoxed from sugar for six months now, that, uh, if I did that, it'd probably fucking kill me. Yeah, we both pr- probably
0: be dead if we tried that. Oh my god! Uh, Farva is subsequently admonished and reprimanded by O'Hagan and demoted, and also blacklisted from the aforementioned restaurant. The Vermont governor, who is played by Linda Carter, travels to Spurberry for a press conference about the drug bust. Um, the other thing is, is that when they find when they originally find the marijuana, mm-hmm. like the like, I, the mayor comes in. And they're taking a picture with him, and he's like, you know, he's holding a shotgun. Yeah. That's a fucking great picture, too. Mm. He's like, oh, yeah, get
2: some. Yeah.
0: Merk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Ramathorn and Foster break into Spurberry Police Office to steal the Winnebago. At the press conference, Chief Grady claims responsibility for the drug bust, despite it being the work of the state troopers. Foster thinks that Ursula revealed the location of the marijuana. Oh, that's also the part where they were doing the bear fucking thing. Yeah. There's a guy fucking a bear. <laughs> he's just <laughs> Uh, in exchange for for a promotion, having failed to increase arrests, the state troopers expect their unit to be shut down. Back at the station, the state troopers find Farva dressed in Spurberry PD uniform. Foster realizes that it was him, not Ursula, who betrayed the location. The troopers, including Captain O'Hagan, tie Farva to a toilet and drunkenly vandalize Chief Grady's house, which is a great moment. Seeing Brian Cox. Oops! Seeing Brian Cox, uh, yeah. acting drunk, yep, <laughs> just fucking hitting things. Come
1: out of here, <laughs>
0: <laughs> throwing throwing uh, bottles at him, and he's hitting with a with a baseball bat or whatever, knocking down the, the uh, Grady's fucking uh, the mailbox. Mailbox.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's see. The state troopers convince Farva to help them in pursuing the drug runners and follow the truck to a nearby airfield. Uh, let's let's see. Uh, the state troopers arrive and see Chief Grady only to realize that the Spurberry police are working alongside the drug dealers. Using a sex doll on top of Farva's car, the state troopers distract the Spurberry officers enough to arrest them. The governor sends Captain O'Hagan a letter thanking him but tells him that their station will be shut down. Three months later, Ramathorn and Rabbit are delivering beer to a party hosted by teenagers. As the teenagers torment them, they reveal that they are undercover Spurberry police having replaced all of the officers after the drug bust. (laughs) <laughs> Which is funny because there was, you know, there's the the end credits, you know, where they cut away and they're they're having drinking games with the three kids that they had originally arrested yep. at the beginning of the movie. Um,
1: yep. Then there's the
0: reveal. Yeah. And uh, that was um, that was pretty much it. Uh, Broken Lizard member Steve Lemmy, who played Mac, stated that the idea for the film came from road tripping to various weddings and his friend and fellow BL member. Jay Shandra Sekar's car, and frequently getting pulled over by cops, as they were frequently under the influence of drugs. They be, the, the gang began to wonder what would happen if the cops were aware of the situation and had a sense of humor, theorizing that if they did, uh, they did that, they could have fucked with us so much. The syrup chugging film was film was uh, scene was filmed in uh, M's cozy corner, located in Fishkill, New York, which has since closed. Uh, it only got an approval rating of 35 percent with an average rating of five out of ten. Uh Roger Ebert awarded the film two and a half stars, saying I can't quite recommend it. It's too patched together, but I can I almost can. It's the kind of movie that makes you want to like it. <laughs> um, and I disagree with that. It wasn't too patched together, but then again, I'm not Roger Ebert, so I can't see what he's seeing. To me, the whole film just works from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. There is no point in the movie where you're going, "What the fuck just happened?" You know, yeah. Or where? Why is this doing this? Or why is that not doing that? You know, why? Where are these people from? Or whatever. It it's the 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 underlying story of the drug bust works from point A to point B Mm -hmm. to point C. Uh, The underlying story of them closing the stations down works as well, and. the 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 actors both uh the broken lizard guys you know the, super, the the highway patrol and the spurberry police yeah they they all worked well together there was no there was no weird moments of having to cut to another scene where you have <coughs> a stupid character building for no reason whatsoever yeah
1: Awkward well way. even the the chick thing you know the 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 lady cop and then and the and the uh the guy. Ursula. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: love scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. All that
1: fit like real people. It didn't feel like, um, you know, that forced relationship bullshit, you know, where she's all disapproving of everything. She was like a cool ass chick that, you know, that, you know, it worked. Right. You know what? Look. Marissa uh, Coughlin is her name. I have a slightly different opinion of this movie than you do. That's right. Um, For me, this movie. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken fucker. Uh, this movie is, even though they're not the same kind of comedies, this movie reminds me of Wayne's World Part 2, which is the first two-thirds of the movie are fucking hilarious and I loved it, but then when you get into near like the last 20 minutes of the movie, I felt like it just ran out of steam, and I, I just, I lose, my attention span starts to wander because I'm either getting bored or there's just nothing, you know, just, yeah, I'm just pretty much, I just got bored by the end, but... I love Super Troopers. Don't get me wrong, and I love the part two as well. And and yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love the after credit scene because the after credit scene kind of brought it back. You know, reenergized it for me. But yeah, I just by the time it got to the end, I was just like, eh. when they're chasing the cops at the end, trying to stop the whole thing. I I, I don't know.
0: The couple that Farver says chicken fucker to are actually Kevin Heffernan's parents. (laughs) They knew he was going to say something rude but weren't prepared for the chicken fucker line.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: When Rabbit was stuffed in the locker, he was actually covered in menthol shaving cream. The crew didn't know that menthol burns skin (laughs) if left on too long, so he had to go next door to a firehouse to get hosed off. (laughs) Uh, The bulletproof cup scene was shot outside a real-life prison. While Steve Lemmy just stood there wearing just a cup, inmates were pressed against the fence yelling at him. (laughs) Uh, In the syrup chugging scene, the first few takes were done with the actors drinking thick iced tea from syrup containers, but the iced tea didn't look realistic enough. Real syrup was brought in, and the actors then did several takes in which they chugged entire bottles of syrup. These are the takes you see in the close-ups. However, some wide shots with the iced tea were kept in. When Ursula hits Foster in the head with a snow cone, there is a setup to indicate that the snow cone is solid. (coughs) A mid-scene switch was supposed to replace the hard snow cone with a softer one, but the switch didn't happen for several takes. Paul Soder took a solid block of ice to the head nine times before they got it right. (laughs) In the cat game scene, the word meow was actually said 11 times. Yes, it was, if you count. Uh, In the scene where the troopers are smoking marijuana while watching the Johnny Chimp cartoon, the redness of their eyes was achieved by the makeup artist blowing menthol in their faces. (laughs) The film was originally supposed to be set in the 70s. When Harvest is handcuff, handcuffed to the toilet, it is a line that is taped into his mouth. The scene where Ramathorn is typing on the computer and saying enhance repeatedly is an homage to Harrison Ford and Blade Runner. The gun in the Spurberry police captain uh, pulls out in the first Winnebago scene was actually a BB gun. You can see the odd pullback cocking mechanism that is used as an old model. Uh, in the first scene, that was filmed with Brian Cox, the scene on his porch where he's reading the letter. The letter was supposed to have the lines typed out on them. Broken Lizard didn't know that when they started the scene, so they typed the lines up quickly and gave it back to him. If you look closely, you can see some white-out marks from what the letter originally said. David Stolansky, who's the cousin of Eric Stolansky, is a Minnesota State Trooper. Uh, Jim Gaffigan plays a motor's named Larry Johnson during the cat game scene. In 2009, Gaffigan was on Law and & law and Order as a murder suspect named Mary <laughs> Johnson. Grandmama. The badges or shields the Vermont state troopers wear look nothing like the ones in the movie. In fact, the badges the actors, actors are wearing resemble New York Police Department detective shields. Chandra Sakar's character shares a first name, Arcot, with Shander Sakar's father. Uh, Officer Tom McArdle in the budget committee is mentioned about midway through the film. This character is named after film editor Tom McArdle. When Captain O'Hagan tells Rabbit to get a gun for the mayor, he says, Rabbit, run. Rabbit, run is the title of 1960 John Updike novel and 1970 movie from that novel, Rabbit Run. In the scenes cut during the awards ceremony for the state's police drug bust where Favreau continuously vomits into the toilet, it was actually Kevin Heffernan vomiting. (coughs) You can see this in the outtakes reel on the DVD. The bar of soap that O'Hagan bites into is made of white chocolate. Brian Cox has diabetes and got very upset after biting into the bar. The crew then had to get a sugar-free version. In this film, the evil local police chief is played by Daniel von Bargen, who played SWAT communicator in The Silence of the Lambs. The highway patrol's captain, John O'Hagan, was played by Brian Cox, who played Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter. Yep. And that is that. So... um, Overall, I highly recommend this movie. I'm not going to give it a grade of whatever to 10. It's just a highly recommended movie. If you haven't seen it yet, please take the time to see it. If you like stoner comedies, then you will definitely love Super Troopers. Yeah, I actually have it on my DVR right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I do. I have put off buying the sequel because I keep waiting for them to come out with an extended version. Because they, I, I think they cut a lot of shit out of the sequel, you know, scenes. So I, I keep waiting for it. You know, the movie made a bunch of money. You know, compared to how much it costs to make it. So <laughs> I, I just keep hoping that they'll do it. I don't know if they ever will, though. But Right. <coughs> I'm surprised you pick uh, Super Troopers. I, I, th- I thought you were going to pick either some uh, some shitty sci-fi movie from Sci-Fi Channel or, or an, an 80s movie. Yeah. There are some goofs if you want to go over the goofs. When Thorny is getting
0: ready to shoot Mac, he draws his gun and touches the top of it. The gun makes a noise as if he was pulling the slide back and a round was being chambered, but he never pulls the slide. When Thorny is about to fire at the bulletproof cup, you can hear the click of a safety being disarmed. He's carrying a Glock, which has no manual safety and would not make that click. Yeah. Ramathorn and Rabbit are back in their cruiser with the German speeders in the back. Ramathorn tells Arlo to climb on Rabbit's lap, then sits in the middle. The German woman in the back moves her lips, but no sound comes out. When Farva tells Rabbit about the 75 Country Music Awards, he states that Charlie Rich set the award on fire when John Denver was announced as the winner. Charlie Rich set fire to the winner's certificate, the form inside the envelope with the winner's name, not the actual award. At the beginning, the car... That's not really a goof. It's not a character error. It's the same thing. At the beginning, the kids in the car say they're going to Canada as the Miata drives past the roadside with the letters CANNA is available on the edge of the screen. However, when Rabbit calls it in, he says the Miata is headed southbound on Route 294. Canada is north of Vermont. Right after Mac and Foster come back from the weigh station, he tells the chief that the cruiser weighs about 16,000 kilograms. The actual weight of a Crown Victoria is 1,600 kilograms, 4,000 pounds. (laughs) When the trooper calls in the tag number for the local police car, they identify the car as a Caprice, which is clearly a Ford Crown Victoria. Farva and Ramathorn say that the Plymouth Voyager license plate is Alpha God Muster One Niner Decade China, which would be AGM One Nineteen DC. When they pan back to the to the van, the plate clearly says Nine Four One Five, and I don't think that's a goof as much as uh, they're just fucking with Farva. When Thorny and Rabbit are t- t- talking to the dopers, Thorny calls Rabbit Officer when in fact it would be Trooper. When the troopers pull over the semi-truck, they light it up and pull it over from the rear of the trailer. However, police and highway patrol protocols pull over trucks that size in front of the vehicle where the driver can see them. That's actually a West Coast thing, by the way, uh, from the behind. When Rabbit and Thorny announce the bust, the blonde stoner jumps up against the wall. The next shot, he's standing in front of the cops. In the opening Miata chase, the dopers in the back seat change positions. At the beginning, the stoner's car windows are up down are down up down between the shots when the cops talk to them. In the syrup chugging scene, three empty open syrup bottles are on the table. Mac then throws one of the bottles at Rando. The shot pans back over to Mac at the table where syrup bottles have caps. Um, <coughs> when the guys are drinking, with Captain O'Hagan, Thorny's right foot is propped up on the desk. When he stands up and in the very next shot, you can see his foot is still propped up on the desk as if he's still sitting. In the next shot, he's standing again. Uh, during the delousing scene, the amount of powdered sugar on Farva's his face changes several times. Who cares? Uh, The cops are talking about Johnny Chimpo. The clock behind the captain switches times continuously. During the bulletproof cup scene, Thorny pulls up a target. You can see a bullet hole on the 9 during the next shot when the camera pans up towards the little guy. No hole is visible on the 9. When all five state troopers steal the police car, the first scene they appear in, it driving down the road drinking a beer. There is no cage in the police car. The next scene, when they go through the fast food drive through they are pulling the cage out. So those scenes were switched. Throughout the film, O'Hagan is addressed as captain and has Captain bars on his uniform. However, at the banquet, he holds the rank of sergeant. Mac is being chased with the white Miata convertible. The lead patrol car loses its driver's side front wheel hubcap. In the very next shot, the hubcap is back. Yeah, whatever. During the opening highway chase, the car has passed the same stretch of road numerous times, which is, if you look at it in terms of a Looney Tunes gag, that's how that works because the background, you know, they would just continually use the same background over and over again. All right, I'm done. It's Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, when Rabbit approaches a stolen Porsche, the crew is visible on its surface. Reflected inside of patrol car cars, pulls up, reflected in sunglasses, reflected in sunglasses when Foster and Mac had the Bunty soap trucker pulled over. Vermont has no billboards. Hmm. Errors in geography. The movie is set in Vermont, but many items are specific to New York, where it was filmed, like lottery ticket machines, the seal in the middle of the trooper's badges, are the seal of state, state seal of New York, not Vermont. And in Vermont, police use blue emergency lights, not... Not red and blue. Anyways, that's a lot. Uh, when the police meet at the local drug, with the local drug smugglers, two officers exit the back of the police car without assistance, which would be impossible as squad cars have their interior rear door handles removed. Ursula refers to this fact earlier in the film when she and Foster are in the back seat of the car. There we go. All right.
1: That's all I got. So yeah, if you uh yeah you check out Super Troopers, you have to watch Super Troopers too with it. it they go together really well. Mm, you don't have to, but yeah. It was a good compliment. It wasn't a shitty sequel, I'll tell you that. It was a good sequel.
0: No, I, and the end was, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it felt like it was forced. But other than that, yeah, the, um, you know, the, there was there's was still funny
1: moments in it. So Yeah, I mean, it was good enough for me to want them to do a third one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have to do a third one. Yeah, so we'll just wait another 15 years or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. That's all I got.
0: All right, peace out, fuckers. Peace out. Mm. Okay. Okay, then. Okay, meow. Meow. Yeah.
1: Meow. <laughs>